all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, summoned by the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back the answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, may our hearts and minds be prepared to receive this week's message brought to us from Pastor Don, titled, Blessings Through Trust. Thank you, Wendy. And good morning again, everybody. Let's pray. Lord, may these words from my mouth and these meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right. Well, we just finished uh, a sermon series called Better. You guys remember that, don't you? It just was last week, right? And I hope that it's clear to everyone that can, to consistently have a better attitude, to consistently have better priorities, to consistently make better decisions, you know, to to really have a better life that's more in line with the will of God, you've got to have the fruits of the Spirit at the base. Amen, yes. And they really form the core. The core of the living, the core of living a life of being more and more like Jesus Christ. And that's why we're all here, right? So I'm, I'm just going to keep tossing fruits out there, folks. I'm just going to keep doing it. So get used to it. All right, and next week, we kick off a new sermon series um, that we're going to be talking about our Jewish roots. Uh, something I've just always bugs me that, um, at least me growing up, and even now, I, I, there's so little I know about all the Jewish traditions, the Jewish celebrations, the Jewish festivals we do know that, Jewish, that Jesus was a practicing Jew, right? He did these things right to the very end. So I think we might be able to understand a little bit more about the heart of Jesus if we understand a little bit more about the things he participated in when he worshiped. Does that make sense? So that's going to start next week, and we're going to carry that right through to Holy Week. Um, and, and just as a for instance with that, the book of Esther part of it was just read, it explains why Jews in the Persian period began celebrating a new festival called Purim. You see, many times God's mighty acts of deliverance and blessings were celebrated then uh, annually with a festival or a holiday such as Passover, right, to commemorate these blessings to commemorate God taking and intervening in the, in the world itself and saving his people. 
And so they do this, they, they create these, these holidays and these festivals so that they can always remember, not just remember specifically these blessings, but actually feel a connection to them. So anyway, and speaking of Esther, let's get started with today's message. Today's scripture was pulled right from the middle of the book of Esther. And so it doesn't really give you an idea of what's going on in, uh, in those 10 chapters. So I'm going to do a quick uh, summary of the book of Esther for you. So it's going to seem like one of those strange um, things you might see on YouTube <laughs> that counts things down. But here we go. The book of Esther is set in the Persian Empire during the reign of King Xerxes I. And it tells the story of a Jewish girl named Esther who becomes a Persian queen and saves her people from annihilation. The story begins with King Xerxes dismissing his current queen, uh, Vashti, for disobedience. And that leads, leading to a search for a new queen. Esther and an orphan Jewish girl raised by her, um, by her cousin, Mordecai, is chosen because of her beauty and grace. But her Jewish identity is kept a secret from, from everybody. Meanwhile, Mordecai uncovers a plot to assassinate the king, which he foils, saving the king's life. This act of loyalty is recorded in the royal uh, chronicles, but kind of goes unnoticed um, by the king at that point. The narrative then introduces uh, the person, um, Haman, who's an arrogant advisor to the king. And he's enraged when Mordecai, again, being Jewish, refuses to bow to him. Uh, as that would be against his, his beliefs. And so, discovering Mordecai's Jewish identity, Haman tricks the king into issuing a decree for the destruction of all Jews throughout the entire empire. Mordecai informs Esther of the plan, urging her to use her influence to save her people, despite the risk to her own life, again, since anyone who approaches the king without being invited could be sentenced to death. She decides to act. Esther invites the king and Haman to two banquets during which she reveals her Jewish identity and Haman's plot to annihilate her people. The king, enraged both by the deception and the, the possibility and the threat to Esther and her people, orders Haman to be executed on the very gallows that Haman had built uh, for Mordecai. So in the end, things kind of worked out. And it was in recognition of God's intervention through Esther in this activity that the festival of Purim was started. And it's continuing right to this very day. As a matter of fact, this year, it's at the end of March, starts the evening of March 23rd and goes through March 24th. Um, so just, just a fun little note there. So, so there's a summary of the full story. Now let's dive in. As mentioned a few moments ago, a young Jewish girl named Esther became queen of Persia, and that in and of itself was pretty remarkable. But this wasn't by her own design. It was by, uh, it was by the divine orchestration of just an enormous amount of events that happened that at the time seemed totally unrelated, right? Like Esther, many of us go through things in our lives, and we don't understand how they can fit together, or even if they do fit together. Until that one moment, that one event, that, that one interaction, and suddenly things become clear. We have a better understanding of, of what's been going on. That moment that can define our purpose, our calling, and it shows us maybe why we've been being prepared through these various experiences and challenges 
that have happened throughout our lives. One of the lessons here is that God prepares us for eventual purposes through every chapter of our lives, whether we know it or not. Even when we don't see it, we are being prepared for a chance to make a difference in the kingdom. Keep in mind that it doesn't mean that if we don't answer the call when it comes, that God's plan is going to fall apart, right? God's plans are bigger than us. It simply means that we wouldn't be part, doing our part um, as expected, and possibly at our own expense. But overall, God's goal will be completed. It just, the details might be a little different than what the initial plan was had we stepped up and done our part. It's like it says, and we read just a moment ago in Esther 4.14, it says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for a time such as this. That's saying, you know, if, if she doesn't step up, God's going to send somebody else to do it. His plan will prevail. Amen? Esther's preparation for her defining moment wasn't obvious to anyone, including and maybe even especially her. Like Esther, we may not see how our daily lives, our struggles, and our joys are preparing us for God's purpose in our lives. It can be very difficult when we're right here, but with Esther, her beauty, her upbringing, even her position, they weren't coincidences. They were divine preparations for the role she was going to play in God's plan. Consider your own life, the skills you've developed, the challenges you face, the position you find yourself in. It might not be random. Perhaps God's preparing you or using your experience and your situations, whether it was his idea, your idea, or just something that happened. He's using them to prepare you for your moment to shine, for your moment to make a difference in the kingdom, right? God can use everything, right? He doesn't cause everything. He can use everything for the good of the kingdom. When Mordecai informed Esther of Haman's plot, he also reminded her of her unique position to help. Esther's fear is understandable. Approaching the king uninvited could lead to death. Her courage to step forward despite the risk was a direct result of her faith in God and her realization that God really had been preparing her for this. God calls us to step out in faith, even when the risks seem high. Esther, uh, like Esther, we may find ourselves in a position to do good, to stand up for what's right, to make a difference in the kingdom. The question isn't whether that time's going to come, it's are we going to be ready? Are we going to be willing to step up when that time comes? That's for each one of us to, to search our souls for. Also, Esther's strategy, it wasn't rushed, was it? It was deliberate. It was timed perfectly. She hosted two banquets rather than just going to the king with a request, just running in there saying, hey, here's what I need. She hosted two banquets. This patience and the faith in God's timing 
were crucial. Esther understood that being prepared by God also meant trusting in God and trusting in his timing. Sometimes I know, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I know I rush to act. It's an awful habit. I rush to act. I focus on my time frame. It's difficult for me. I'm a planner user, right? It's got to be done by this time so I can start the next thing. But Esther's story reminds us to pray, to wait, and to trust God that God's timing is perfect, even though it differs from ours, probably especially when it differs from ours. Sometimes I think he might be saving me from myself when his time frame differs from mine. And again, I can't help but, but mention this. We've already hit on a couple of fruits of the Spirit talking about this story, haven't we? <laughs> We're just going to keep plugging, folks. Esther's faith or courage or preparation led to the deliverance of the Jewish people. The victory was not at all considered a personal triumph for her. But it was a testament to God's power and his love for his people. The victories we achieve through faith are not for our benefit. They're opportunities to demonstrate God's love and power to the world around us. Our stories of overcoming, of being prepared for a time such as this, can be a beacon of hope to others, can be our, our witness to other people. As we consider the journey of Esther and the concept of being called for a time such as this, I'm sure you couldn't help notice, in addition to the times that I pointed out, that she was displaying fruits of the Spirit. Again, folks, I sincerely hope you don't let this fade away and go by the wayside. In almost every great activity, in every great story, in every great occurrence in the Bible, review the fruits and then read that story. The fruits are evident and on clear display. These aren't just characteristics that we should aspire to, to have and to live out. These, these are evidence of the Spirit working within us. These enable us to fulfill and complete some of God's purposes in our lives. It makes a difference. For instance, when Esther stepped into her role, it wasn't just her courage that was evident. There was a love for her people. There was her patience in waiting for the right moment to approach the king. Her self-control in managing a tense, potentially deadly situation. All of these showcase how the Spirit can help us in whatever tasks that lie ahead of us. Now, you all probably know, some of you might not, I guess, but I've been in a candidacy program for a local licensed pastor um, for a couple years now. Uh, currently, I'm a supply pastor appointed to the church. But to apply to this program, you need to spend a lot of time in discernment and come up with what's called a, uh, a call story. And that's talking about how and why you feel that you were called into ministry. You know, why, why are you here? Why is this something you're pursuing? And I'm not going to bore you with my whole call story because we have to really document it and, and it's a, two pages long. Um, but I am going to read a couple sections to you. And so, uh, and keep in mind, I did this a few years back. All right, here we go. Um, let's see, a section here. All right. A few years ago, I was asked which character in the Bible 
that I identify with most. I honestly don't remember what I'd said at the time, but knowing how I enjoy having a fun conversation, I probably picked larger-than-life people like David for his leadership or Solomon for his thoughtful wisdom or um, Samson, just for obvious reasons, the likeness. Um, uh, it's, it's, I don't know if it's offensive. It should be offended that you laughed. Um, <laughs> but uh, through a more structured discernment process, um, those last few months, I feel the character, the, that character would be Hadassah or Queen Esther. When I hear or read other people's call stories, it seems to me like so many of them had some event, some major impact. This happened in their lives and they knew. It's almost as if the phone rang, they picked it up, and boom, that was their call. And they knew from that day forward, this is what I'm supposed to do. For me, it's been more like a really, really long novel. Um, <laughs> uh, reading one chapter of life after another, not understanding all the parts of the story and how they fit together. But the final chapter, finally, everything converges and the purpose is finally revealed in some climactic conclusion, right? You love those books, don't you? Suddenly, everything that you read throughout the course of the novel all comes together. Oh, I get this, I get this, I get this. The chapters of my life have been all over the place, building a breadth of formal training, work experience, hobbies, activities, and life skills, and going really deep in many of those as well. It seems as though I was just adding yet another chapter of unrelated skill or experience to my life's novel. I didn't see it at the time, but looking back now, I believe that my path was without a doubt guided by God to bring me to a time such as this. I was being prepared for a time such as this. And that was the core of my call story. You see, for these last few years, the story of, of Queen Esther has held a special meaning for me because of that. And you know, I thought when I did this, I thought I'd been prepared and for a, my time such as this was back in 2015. I thought that's when I'm stepping up for a time such as this. This is it. And that's when I left my career in retail leadership of 25 plus years to come here as an executive manager or executive minister and, and, and be right here in the home church. And, and those that aren't sure what executive minister is, it's basically a fancy title for operations, finance, janitorial, lawn, youth group, whatever, right? One day I'm plunging a toilet, the next I'm filling in for the pastor on Sunday morning. And it's all good. Um, uh, so I thought that was my call. Uh, and then in 2019, so about five years ago right now, for reasons that don't really matter at this point, it was absolutely clear to me that what I thought was my call in 2015 was actually just another training ground to prepare me for a time such as this. Amen? Um, I knew that I was called at that point for sure, and I had a better understanding and that with God's blessing and this church fam that this church family could fix the financial struggles and any other challenges that a Oaks was faced with. 
and we would be able to continue to be a significant con- contributor to God's kingdom in our community. And so I was appointed by the bishop at, as a pastor at Ocoee Oaks. And I tell you what, folks, God has blessed Ocoee Oaks. Amen. Now, since that time, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Those who didn't make it to council a couple weeks back. Since that time, in addition to the baptisms, <laughs> um, new members, great ministry from our school programs, where they literally um, uh, impact the faith lives of literally hundreds of families, thousands of people going through there. We have all these mission things that we do and outreach that usually I'm up here with a long list, right? We've got, well, we just did the Super Bowl. We've got the free yard sale coming up. We've got the backpacks, the shoes, the so-and-so, right? All of these crazy ministries for a small church. Even with all of that, we've been able to increase our savings from a dangerously low amount to a much safer level. We've added almost $100,000 to our savings account in the last five years. Um, so we are now, so we are sustainable long term. And all this we did while also spending almost $250,000 in maintenance and repairs for the building, the facilities. And that is also in, you know, in conjunction with the school helping out with that. Doesn't this place look great? Um, and, <laughs> and we've got another air conditioning unit that w- that's going down, so... <laughs> there's another 22,000 going out the door. But the beautiful thing is, folks, because of our commitment, because of God's blessings, we're prepared for it. And that's a wonderful thing. God has blessed and continues to bless the Coey Oaks. Um, and I just keep going and, don't I? In the next couple months, they're actually going to start building uh, next week, but as soon the tower, cell phone tower will be done. And that'll generate almost $3,000 a month. We thought it was only going to be about $1,800, but it's almost $3,000 a month for the church. God blesses Ocoee Oaks. And then, of course, before the middle of April, we'll also be closing the White Road property, that sale. And so that's where we're going to get all kinds of funds to continue fixing everything and setting us up for the long term here. God is good, folks. And, uh, and all the time, yes, he is. And yes, we do run in a little every once in a while, short on our uh, monthly balancing. But with everything good happening here, uh, folks, we've got nothing but blessings, for, you know, nothing but thanks for God. Um, and, and it's funny because uh, I was looking at the pictures of all the pastors out in the hall. How many of you guys know that the pictures of past pastors are actually out there? About half of you probably. Well, I was looking at them, and um, and I noticed that that uh, out of this this church initially came out of if we count the base church as being a Coe Methodist, um, with all the mergers and changes though it's it's almost 150 years old. Um, and the crazy thing is, out of those 150 years, now we're missing some gaps of time with the pictures and pastors up there, but. You believe that I'm and Pamela are have the third longest tenure um, out of all the pastors posted up there? That is crazy. 
But now the hard part, folks, it wasn't supposed to be this long term. I've been a lifelong Christian. I have skills, knowledge, faith, and a heart for it. My bachelor's degree is in business management, industrial management, accounting, data processing. My master's is in finance and educational um, business leadership. Not theology. So today I need to let you know that my appointment here at Ocoee Oaks will be ending at the end of June. I know, I'm sorry. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be around. There's a lot of things happening. But uh, So for July 1st, um, we'll have another pastor here. And, um, and when I found out, and going through the, the process that I found out here about uh, almost three weeks ago now, it sounded like I'd have the option to continue if I moved to another church. Um, because, see, I have... Uh, because I don't have a degree in the, in the course credits in theology, um, I need to be continuing towards that in order to remain a pastor, um, at least a, an appointed pastor. I can be an associate pastor and keep working, but um, I did the math, and because I'm leading a church currently, they need me to keep up a certain pace, and that would be four master-level theology classes a year, which... 20 to 25 hours a week, 37 weeks a year for seven years. I know you, I might look like Samson, <laughs> but I'm just not sure I can add that to what I've got going on. And, uh, and so they said I, they, they might be able to move me to another church where I would be in an associate role. I don't have a problem with ego like that. I don't. Um, uh, I'd be fine, but that's not really where I felt I was called. I wanted to be here. Um, if they moved me to an associate role, then I would have time to go through that. And so in 10 years ago, I, I can bring my walker down the center and I can talk to you, right? Um, so anyway, um, uh, so I, I'm sure it comes as a shock to at least some of you, if not most or all of you. Um, but if you've been a Methodist for a while you know that, that that's, that's fairly common in the Methodist church, that people don't stay at one church for long periods of time. And I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't want anyone to be sad about it. Is that wrong of me? Um, <laughs> um, I never thought I had an ego problem, but maybe I do. But, you know, if, if that, if that kind of helps describe you, that you might be a little sad about this, and that's okay and that's normal. But I hope that soon that'll pass and it'll be replaced with maybe tentative excitement. Does that make sense? Um, because God has a plan for a Oaks. God has been blessing Ocoee Oaks, and he will continue to bless Ocoee Oaks. And, and lately it's been through me, and guess what? Come July 1st, it's going to be through somebody else. And I might end up, depending on what happens, I might still be around and helping out here. We'll see what happens. But, but the gist of it is, God loves Ocoee Oaks. As long as we keep loving him, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, folks. And, uh, and I'm proud to have been part of it. And now I want to kind of get back and I want to look at the story of Esther again. And when we look at Esther, we can re recognize that a time such as this can be a temporary assignment. 
Esther's role was absolutely pivotal for that moment in time. To save her people, she needed to be there. But what happened to Esther after that? Who can tell me? This teaches us an important lesson about the nature of our work for the kingdom of God. Our current calling might be one of many. It might be not the only one. It might be one of many. And like Esther, it might be for a specific season or a specific purpose. And once that purpose is fulfilled, we may find that our roles shift. And when that does, it might be sad. But at the same time, that gives others the opportunity to step up and answer their calling. Right? This is an opportunity for everybody to get involved in the kingdom. This doesn't diminish the importance of what we've accomplished, it, it, but it highlights the dynamic nature of God's plan for his kingdom. It's always moving, always uh, making room for others to step up. And we're reminded that every act of service and every role that we're given is part of a larger tapestry woven together by God himself. There's so you know, We talk about ripple effect quite a few times this year. Things are happening so far away from us, there's no way for us to even understand that that can impact us in another couple months. Does that make sense? There's so many things happening. It's just incredibly intricate plan of redemption for this world that he just loves so much. And honestly, I read this, um, this meme one time that, you know, we always want to know God's plan. And, uh, and this meme was, if we ever did, We'd only know it for a, a, a minuscule of a second because our heads would literally just explode. <laughs> we can't comprehend um, what it takes uh, and all the different events that need to transpire and, and the timing of it all in order to get uh, to where God's plan is. But like, like Esther, we're called to trust God, to trust God's timing, to trust God's plan, and to serve faithfully in whatever roles we're given. In essence, our journey of faith and purpose, it's not about us. What we're talking about today, it's not about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about a co-yokes impacting the kingdom and us being ready and willing to serve for a time such as this. Whatever, wherever, and for however long that may be. Let's not hold on too tightly to the roles that we're given or the spots that God puts us in. If we're holding on too tightly, then we might not recognize when God says, okay, now I've got something for you over here. And we'll miss out on all those opportunities. And, and by we and us, I'm talking both about me, but also a Oaks. From a businessman, as I said, I came from a business perspective. The way an organization grows and continues to thrive is, is you take all the learnings you can from one leader. And then you get a new leader and you continue those great learnings from the past leader. And the new leader brings new ideas and you add those to the mix. And that's how you grow. That's how you get better. That's how you have a bigger impact. But let's always be ready to serve however we're needed and step aside when this particular assignment of our part in God's story has been completed. We need to continue to trust in him as he continues to work through us and through others for the advancement of his kingdom. 
given his timeline. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are amazing, and we thank you. We ask that as we go forth, let us carry the courage of Esther in our hearts, ready to face our own times such as this, with a confidence and knowing you have prepared us, Lord. You are with us, and through you we can make a difference in the world. Thank you for your blessings upon Ocoee Oaks, Lord. You have been more than generous. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.